terrorists? Terrorists. He just said the word terrorist, right? Terrorist? My guy, Jordan, slow down. Plus, Bananas has a masterclass in politicking. Amber and Chauncey for 2022 Couple of the Year. Devin for 2022 Coach of the Year. Jordan gets wild with his word choice. Corey makes an appearance. Nelly T's run ends. And yes, I cried for the third time in four seasons. And my boy Fessel has himself an episode. That's right. It's the challenge. Ride or Dies episode number 12. Recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for joining me here on this Wednesday night. It's Ride or Dies Night in the Challenge world and all across America at this point because nothing else is still on TV in this holiday dead zone between Christmas and New Year's. But no, the challenge rolls on. It takes breaks for no one or no holiday ride or dies rolls on into episode 12 of this ever increasingly long season that I am still liking. It doesn't always sound the social media streets don't maybe seem like some people are falling off maybe with the steams kind of lacking here a little for the season for others, but not for this guy. I'm loving it. And of course, I'm loving it tonight because tonight is definitely a little bit of a, the Fessel show. It's it's a lot of people's show tonight, but one of those many people is the Fessel show, and you know how I feel about that. You know a lot about how this conversation is likely to go tonight. But before we get to the actual conversation about episode 12, Ryder Dies, quick programming notes. This Friday, the final podcast of the year 2022. We will be posting a podcast this Friday. We're talking the fantasy cast for All-Star 4. All-Star 4 casting is is imminent. All the calls went out. Multiple secondary calls have gone. They might be leaving somewhat soon. We don't know. There's a bunch of rumors out there. So even though all those rumors exist, even though we might get an unofficial official casting, who took flights, who's out in the quarantine, whatever list, sometime soon, it's not too late to get my fantasy cast in because there has been a couple big names in particular who have possibly been left off, even though they were wanting lots of fantasy casts going around. And I thought, you know what? I've got that dialed in. I can give you boom, 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 all the way down the list, the exact cast that the next season of All-Stars should be to live up to the We Want OG's moniker, to live up to all of the promise All-Stars had originally and could its potential for what it could be. So I'm going to give you my fantasy cast as the final podcast of the new year. That'll be out Friday. Next week, Rider Dies on Wednesday night again. Probably something that Friday. I don't know what yet or if anything. We will see, but... We head into the new year. We've got a lot planned for the new year. We're going to grow this thing out. We're going to do a whole lot more. I swear one day or another, I will start posting on social media and doing other content than just this audio podcast. But for all of you who have been here all year long, been rocking with me since the very start way back in May 21, I thank you. I love you. I applaud you. Thank you so much for being here with me for the entire ride. Now, that's your programming for the time being. Let's dive on in, head straight into the storylines, because there's a bunch to talk about with episode 12, Ride or Dies. Here we go. 
Order, order. I call this meeting of the Festival Fan Club for Life into session. Well, folks, as usual, the challenge streets are out in full force to besmirch our guy for an episode where all he did was be a team player, ball out an elimination where he didn't choose to go against his friend and challenge favorite Nelson, but just did what he had to do, survive, advance, did so respectfully for the most part, humbly, I'd even say, and yet it doesn't matter. The hate has poured on and we must stand up in defense of our guy. Okay, okay, but for real, uh, we're, we obviously are starting this podcast in the first storyline with Fessy tonight, and uh, you know you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for more than this podcast right now, at which point you also already know that I do defend him uh, from time to time, and by time to time, I mean pretty much all the time as far as things that happen in the challenge itself goes for, again, the game, the show, that's what we talk about with anything outside of it. That's that's for outside discussion, you know. But everyone's hating on the man as usual. And yes, he may be going off on Twitter as we speak during this recording. Absolutely, maybe just shoot himself in the foot a little bit on Twitter. But you know what? Go off, my guy. Do it. You deserve it. What do you want from this man? Honestly, what do you want? What do you, well, I know what you want. You want him to not be on the show. Most Most people, um, maybe not most people listening to this podcast, most challenge fans, most people maybe have stopped listening to this podcast because of previous defenses of Fessy, but I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what you want me to do. He's just such a good character to the show. I'm never, I'm probably never going to win over anyone new to my side of the argument that he's great for the show, especially for the majority of people that hate him and love to hate on him because guess what? It matters a little bit to you. It mattered that he won that elimination. All those people that hate on him, it mattered that he won that elimination. It mattered when his team lost and all those people that hate on him were like, yes, 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 let's go. Yeah, like when the tides turned and it was like, oh, Jordan Devon are obviously voting for Fessel. When we got to, you know, through the deliberation and those of us who keep track of the confessionals are like, uh, let's see here, uh, 11 confessionals for Nelson, 10 for Fessy, and two for Chauncey, and two for Bananas. Yeah, I think I know who's going into elimination. People got, you got excited. If you hate the man, you got excited, and guess what? That matters for the show. That's good for the show. Rooting against someone is still rooting for something within the show. It is still caring and having an interest in the show, and that's very, very good. So even if you're on the opposite side, which most people are, than myself, who does I got the soft spot. I, I want him to do well. I want to see him win. I think it would be nice. Um, you know, either way, it, it, I think it's good for the show. And I'm never, I don't need to do that argument too, too much more than I already just have again, because I'll probably have to do it again next week and the week after that and every other time he's on any episode of this show. But let's run through what he did this episode. And by the way, obviously, uh, these storylines are not going to be in order. We're going to bounce around a bunch because there was actual like concrete storylines to talk about with this specific episode versus the or, or run through the episode in chronological order. Fessy, he's the one on his team that swam back and helped his teammate. No one else did. And that maybe cost them the challenge. Now, first and foremost, we, we should also say he picked the wrong person to help. Uh, I know Olivia was struggling a little bit, maybe need a little help, but like, she wasn't in last on the team. Go all the way to the last person if you're going to help, bro. Like, that's, yeah, that's that's where one team won and one team lost. You go to the person who's in last and struggling the most or is the furthest back, and if you're going to help anyone, you try to help that person and get, you know, the, the 
you know, the last person's all that matters. The slowest time is all that matters in this. So anyways, I digress. He still went back and helped. And I didn't know he was as good of a swimmer as that to pull the full blown, like not anywhere near the speed of Tyson back on challenge USA, of course, but to pull the, like, just hold on to my legs and I'll swim arms only and pull both of us plenty fast enough. Like that's, that's pretty nice. It's good to know that he's got that, got that in the bag. He also, he's played nice all season. And he played nice all throughout this episode. He tries to play nice with Jordan and Devin. It doesn't seem to matter at all, which we'll come back to the Jordan Fessy thing uh, in, in a moment when we talk Jordan and all the other Jordan stuff from this episode, but he's been playing nice. He's tried to play nice. He continues to try to play nice here. He defended Nelson last week and now is immediate, which I was happy to see and was good to see. And I'm sure Nelson felt made him felt a lot better about the moment they get back on the losing side. The moment they get back, they're in the, in the bedroom and they're both quick to and Fessy's immediate. Like, I'm going to defend you. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I, we don't want to go against each other. I'm going to say your name. If I pull the safe dagger, I hope you'll do the same, but either way I'm saying yours. That's nice to see. He doesn't get cocky at any point this episode. He maybe, maybe probably has a tough 30 second conversation with Mariah, but also highly edited context matters. I would love to see that entire conversation, but that face he makes matched up with the spot in the conversation that the editing team wants us to believe that face happened. And maybe that face really did happen. I don't know, but, uh, maybe that part wasn't the best look, but also Mariah, a couple things. I really, really like Mariah. She's great. Lovely. Wonderful. Would like her on multiple seasons of the show. And I really appreciate that Mariah did the research and knows, has some idea that like, hey, a tie vote might mean that my team is on the line. So like, I ain't about that life. I ain't about to be the tie vote in this situation. But while I respect the research, a deeper level of the research might have told you, you always get a chance to redo the vote. It is not simply ever. I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, DM me, DM me on Instagram because if I'm wrong on this, I want to know and I will put out a formal apology about it. But it's never just, it's a tie vote. Ah, too bad for you. You're going in. Your team's going in. It's a it's a tie vote. We're going to re-vote. And if you tie again, there may or may not be consequences and then you re-vote and then we see how it goes. They always get a chance to revote. So then all you gotta do, Mariah, is learn, then burn. All right. Say Nelson's name once, let it be a tie. And then if it comes to it again and no one else changes their vote, then do the burn vote and be like, sorry, Fessy, I got your back, but like I'm not putting my game, my team in jeopardy. My team has forced my hand here. I have to pick. I am gonna burn. I'm not gonna say your name, but I'm gonna burn it. Learn, then burn. So I appreciate the research just one step further next time for Mariah. And the final thing on Fessel, uh, besides the fact that he wins in impressive, solid fashion, I guess I'll come back to that. That'll be the final thing. The second to last final thing, everyone calls him the top threat. Now, is that just deflection from Bananas and Jordan? Yes, it is. I do think they think he is their top threat individually. I think Jordan thinks Fessel is his top threat. I think Bananas thinks Jordan is his top threat and Fessel is the second top threat, but he's still up there in that echelon with them. They they regard him in that nature. They know that he's very good at winning daily challenges, very good at limit, winning eliminations, and that he could pose a threat in a final and that he's only done three seasons and he's been in two of the finals and got kicked off the other one and like he could beat them. Like Bananas has beaten him in a final, but he knows that like that was in heavy snow on a mountain 
and that hurts the bigger guy. That's one of Banana's aces in his hole is that a lot of the finals end up on mountains at elevation, sometimes even in snow, and that helps him being slightly smaller than some of the other competitors. Anyways, I digress. It matters a little bit that they all call him the top threat, even if it's kind of purposely to deflect. And uh, we'll come back to Banana's momentarily. We'll finish out with, yeah, he wins the elimination. Yes, it's strength-based. Yes, He's 4-0 in eliminations and everyone wants to shit on it and be like, yo, you beat Jordan, which, yes, I'm also like, hey, Jordan has no disadvantages in this game, but he does have to think a little differently about how he goes about certain eliminations and challenges, and the pole wrestle is ultimately something he's not going to beat probably anyone in, even as great as he is and smart and brilliant as he is um, in winning challenges that would seemingly be difficult for him. Uh, yeah, I, it's whatever. You you beat him in a pole wrestle, but like Kyle and Nelson in Hall Brawl isn't nothing, and Nelson here isn't nothing. If you're saying, yeah, it's just strength-based, well, like, yeah, it's just strength-based. What else plays to Nelson's strengths? His strength, and that dude is an absolute brick house pure muscle and it's who can undo a chain that doesn't seem to be all that tight up just kind of you know pull it through the little loops and then rip shit through drywall faster and so like it's not like he went against the scrub it's not like you know yes he hasn't had to do the puzzle in front of you on elimination yet but if he does one day we'll see how it goes because i think he's not that bad at puzzles by any means anyways i digress let's get back to the fact that yes he is being talked about as the top threat but it is deflection And that leads us to talking a little bit more about one Johnny Bananas. Is Bananas playing a perfect game or was this just set up really well for him or a dash of both maybe? Because at this point in this game, um, you know, they were the first of the three teams that came in after the start. So they only had like the one daily challenge, one elimination. It wasn't that big of an advantage by any means. And, He's at this point, he's kind of pulling the CT. I got to say, he's pulling the recent season CT more or less, which means, one, is he probably getting a little help from production when they can finagle it a little bit, make things the best case for him, the right cast, the right partner, the right format, maybe the right game here or there. Sure, I would, yeah, I would think it's in their best, they probably, they think, I don't know that I think it's in their best interest, but I think they think it's in their best interest for him to do very well on this particular season. And also part B of that or two of that, I don't know if I said A or B or one or two, but either way, probably getting a little help from production, possibly as much as they can. In part two, has no one taking shots at him when they obviously should be taking shots at him. He's a seven-time champion, Okay. Uh, fans can denigrate him all they want. You can call him a piece of shit for past actions. That's fine and fair most of the time. But he's a seven-time champion. He's beaten the best of the best multiple different times. They're five of the seven are extremely impressive wins. And he's one of the very small elite group of people that you would say about them. If they get to the final, they're going to win. I think you could say that about CT. I think that you could say that about bananas. I think you can say that about Jordan. And I, I as, as weird as it sounds, I honestly think you can say it about Casey kind of in a weird way right now. Um, maybe we'll see. We'll see. We'll actually see that possibly play out on this season. Um, but he's kind of playing the CT thing. Like production definitely, if they can, is going to favor him. And for some reason, even though he should be the number one target, 
that he was for a while there, that he was during, you know, the the quote-unquote Rivals 3 curse for a little bit there. No one's taking shots, and it's only Corey. Only Corey of all people that sees this, and Corey's not even on this season, but Corey makes an appearance. Shout out to Corey. I didn't realize that I missed Corey, but it turns out when he came on the screen, I was like, you know what? I kind of wish Corey was on this season as much as, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a staleness that even I feel as the most like pro casting person that can be. I'm still pretty against a lot of casting decisions and I'm like on the pro side of things, which tells you where most of the fan base is at. But I was, I was weirdly like, whoa, I kind of wish Corey was here. That'd be, I think that would kind of be better. And I definitely wish he was there. If he's the only one in the room, that would be like, Hey, wait a minute. CT's not here. Okay. That's good. Good for all of us. CT's not here. Bananas is here though. He's back. Why don't we get him? Why isn't he number one target of every single person in this house, male or female, any way through not named his partner? Why is everyone not gunning for this guy? So shout out to Corey for being the only one that sees it. And the other thing about bananas real quick, I'm sure he actually likes Mariah. I'm not trying to besmirch their relationship at all, which it does. It looks like maybe possibly is for sure uh, lasted beyond the season. So like, good for them. I wish them the best uh, in everything. I'm sure he actually liked her in the moment and it was all organic and wonderful, but, but picking the partner of the guy you fear the most in the house to hook up with is maybe also kind of sort of a masterclass in politicking. I'm just saying you spot, you're like, yes, 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 yes. The, the attractions there are like, Oh, she's, really attractive she seems really cool really nice really wonderful we got some similar interests whatever but also there's no way that the guy who's won seven times and who has done some of the most savage shit the challenge has ever seen as far as strategy and gameplay and what he's willing to do or say or whatever to friends alliances anyone didn't also have a little bit in the back of their head uh yeah they don't seem like the most ride or die couple like they seem like they just were kind of acquaintances or friends and she ended up on the show and uh now i'm like a little into her but also like i can more or less steal the ride or die of the guy i'm the most fear i, I like don't want to go against the guy i want to get out of the game the most or probably second most i would hope jordan's the one he wants to get out the most but maybe fessy is one versus two either way it's kind of a masterclass by bananas, I gotta say. And again, I, I wish them the best. Uh, I hope that that didn't, I, it would be great if that didn't play a single percentage point in his decision-making in any part of this, but it's kind of tough to say that it didn't. Now we've got to talk about Tori and Jordan. It's gotta, it's gotta come up. Uh, it's gotta be discussed because, whoa! That commentary at the end, which we will get to. But first and foremost, Jordan, I know you, well, one, I, as if you've listened to the season, any of the season, obviously, you know, my, my preconceived kind of biases, whatever. I like Jordan. I like Tori and uh, so sue me. I like both of them. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm the only person left that likes both of them. There's still a decent faction of people that like Jordan and decent faction of people that like Tori. Um, I don't know how much crossover there is between those, but I'm still holding on to liking both of them one way or the other, finding a way through it all. But Jordan, as someone who I know was like a fan of the show before they were on it and who very much appreciates the history of the show, the legacies of different folks from the show's history, Jordan, you do know that once upon a time, Johanna held the deed to her house over Wes's head 
in a challenge house, right? Like she used the house that he paid for with his winnings from the duel, but allowed to be inexplicably put exclusively in her name. She held that over his head as a political tool on the ruins when he was there with a new girlfriend and they were no longer, you know, they were ex fiance. All right. Like Tori coming to you and saying like, Hey, it'll affect our relationship. If you don't vote the way I would like you to vote for this instance, this is child's play, bro. Like, come on. Like, shout out Johanna. Shout out Wes. And shout out Johanna. What a fucking legendary move that was. But yeah, this is child's play, okay, as far as ex-fiancés in a, in a challenge house using their ex-fiancé status as political bargaining chip, political football. Now, the, whole, the, whole, the season as a whole obviously is a complete and utter clusterfuck, and I, I, feel, I feel bad and for both of them and for Tori a lot and uh and feel kind of gross watching a lot of it and also weirdly a little it's not even the type of entertaining I'd want out of the gross stuff so yeah we've talked about that before we don't have to get into it again I don't totally get why Tori is that concerned about who gets voted in I don't totally get why she's defending I guess I believe obviously in this situation she doesn't want Fessel in is it just Fessy is it Fessy and Nelson specifically going against each other is it both Fessy and Nelson is it just Fessy I'm I'm a little I'm a little confused they don't give us all the details maybe every bit of that conversation that we maybe needed but clearly by the end of it we know she didn't want it to be Fessel in Nelson or maybe just didn't want Fessel in there as the direct vote I don't know but I don't totally understand why she cares all that much Fessel Nelson versus Bananas and Chauncey I know I guess alliance-wise, it's like, yeah, Bananas is going to go Casey, Nani, Anissa before you. And so on your team, Casey and Anissa, you're in the bottom two of your team. You're the one that has to go against Olivia in the next women's uh, elimination if your team is up for one. But it doesn't feel like that strong of a lean one way or the other that like you're going to be super safe on one side and totally screwed on the other side. It doesn't feel like a life or death scenario for her. It doesn't feel like a scenario where she... It feels like maybe she just wanted to see, like, hey, Nerese is gone. What uh, what kind of sway do I maybe still have with this guy for relationship reasons outside of the game as people versus and just, just happened to be. I got this little thing that game related that I could talk about and use to kind of test the water, see where things stand. And boy, did that backfire. Before we get to the backfiring, Jordan and Fessel may be playing nice, but let's be honest. You you invited uh, and then hooked up with his ex fiance in Turks and Caicos or wherever, like immediately, very, very quickly after they became ex fiance. And then the show came out and you were flirting and had an attraction to her while they were still technically fiancés before it became ex. And then you immediately took her on a vacation that she calls you now a walking mistake because of that still happened. So, yeah, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan might be playing nice to his face, but obviously there's a reason Jordan maybe wants his uh, his revenge against Fessel or something against Fessel. Jordan's redemption arc really peaking. First third of this episode, we get the Ukraine footage. Shout out to Jordan. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's every as thankfully a few people I saw pointing out on social media. This is no bullshit, you know, social media activism. The dude went over to Ukraine at the onset of the very unfortunate and very horrific war that is going on there now and that shouldn't be going on there and I wish would end and I think hopefully everyone listening wishes would end and he dropped everything he was doing, went there, 
started with a group of people's uh, nonprofit that did some incredible work and was there not just for like a little quick weekend photo op was like in the trenches for a month, like six weeks, something like, like a long, like a decently long time, like a real commitment, a real incredible gesture and amount of work and putting himself in harm's way and you know, everything like it's amazing. And it's an absolute testament to the person he has become. And we get the full dump of this in the episode. For those who didn't know about all of this, we get the full footage, the montage, some of his Instagram footage and his redemption arc is just peaking absolute apex. And then we get to the end of the episode and it's not that he voted for Fessel like that doesn't matter. He's going back on his word, whatever. I don't, I don't know that he like guaranteed anything to Fessel and I wouldn't have been upset with him of like, you're a snake now, Jordan. Cause you went back on your word to Fessel. Like, nah, I don't know. But he dropped the terrorist line. And uh, I know the uh, like a large percentage at this point of the fan base doesn't love Tori, isn't rocking with Tori, her alliance, her friend group. But like, terrorist? <laughs> like, he calls her a terrorist. Like, what? It is insane. It is so insane. And I will say, we'll see the fallout of this at, I'm sure, moment one of next week's episode. But if I'm her... As much as I want to win the challenge, as much as I want a million dollars, as much as I want to stay and shove it in this motherfucker's face who just called me a terrorist on live national television because uh, we're ex-fiancés having some difficulties in communication, among other things. If I'm her, I either A, walk off stage and just quit without saying a word. Like, I would not have blamed her if she just immediately turns around and is like, all right, I'm fucking done. This is this is. This is enough. I'm done. And just walked off stage, didn't say anything, refused to do interviews, anything, just fucking left. Like I would have, I would have, that's the one time quitting. I would have been like, you know what? Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> I freaking get it. Like what? I don't know. This, this has to suck so bad. Like it's, this is, isn't worth being there possibly anymore or B if she just, and maybe she would go this route still. I don't know. It would be incredible if she did. What if she just literally refused to speak to anyone the rest of the season, not named Anissa or Devin, and even them, they kept it pretty limited? What if she was just like full-blown silent treatment to the house, was like, I'm not filming a confessional. I will minimally, only as needed, have a brief sentence or two conversations with Anissa and Devin. Otherwise, I'm going to sit in my bunk bed with a scowl on my face, and I'm going to go try to win daily challenges and eliminations in a final, and I'm just going to not say anything. I think... I think it would actually make for really good TV. I doubt she's going to do that. Um, I think we're going to get a big blow up and fight between them next week and deserved, but also I just, I don't, I don't like watching it. I don't feel good about it because I like both people and I want the situation to be better than it is. Final two storylines. First one, Amber and Chauncey. They're the best, right? I just love them. I love them. And the more teams that go away, the more we get a little extra shine on some of the teams that even aren't always in the spotlight of the episode, such as Amber and Chauncey. I just really, really like them. Uh, and as I've, I'm not going to go into it because it's not pertinent to this week's episode, but the whole like why everyone just continually hates Amber for no reason. And then we never get a reason. And then it's seasons in a row. I'm not going to do that again tonight, but uh, I like Amber. I'm starting to really like Chauncey. I love the two of them together. I just think they're the, the best little couple that the challenge has to offer right now. But also it is worth noting that Chauncey does not have the rookie card played against him. 
He does not have the, you know, quote, we hate Amber, but we swear it's for good reason, even though there isn't a reason, end quote, card played against him. That wasn't played against him. We don't have the semi-fake, like, you're a threat, dude, card played against him. Like, none of the cards that could have been played against him were played against him, and... I'll go ahead and say it. He was the best bet to beat Fessel in that elimination. I think they should have seen what that elimination was, and they should have thrown him in. If Jordan and Devin's goal was to get Fessel out of the game, yes, you're taking you're taking some. I guess I guess no. They they did the right thing because it's the only way to kind of get the odds as much as it's Nelson versus Fessel versus it ending up being Chauncey versus uh, Bananas. If you know Bananas doesn't draw. The safe thing, but I don't I don't know. Uh it just it feels like maybe bananas in that moment should have he doesn't draw it. So if he would have drawn it, well, I don't know who may who would he've actually went with. Maybe he would have saved Fessel. I don't I don't know. But uh yeah, I just think I think Chauncey would have been the best one to take him out. I don't know that there was actually a path for them to make that happen, but uh maybe they could have done some deal making with bananas and nelson like in the room in the moment but they would have been thinking a little more in advance and it took a while for them to realize like yeah this is the road we should go and we're all comfortable with it so uh good on chauncey um not getting called out i think also maybe without it being said everyone is looking at them as like yeah y'all can run and you're strong as hell and we know we know amber's a badass and champion but we also know that she's not very good at math and puzzles and uh, Chauncey, you don't seem to be convincing us that you're going to be the CT to her Amber in a final in that way. And so maybe they're like, yeah, we they're going to do amazing at 75 percent of the final, like win 75 percent of it, but also get last in the other 25 percent so we can beat them. I don't know. Maybe that's a part of it. Maybe it's just purely it really came down to like we want Fessel versus Nelson and Chauncey. Good job. You get to be, you get to not be the scapegoat this week. You can be the scapegoat next week that has to go against Fessel. Then the next one, and the final one, is Devin. Devin's the best challenger going. Period. End of discussion. I won't hear anything else. Uh, I don't know if I would call him the face of the show at this point. He he's definitely in the running for that. I think it's a little different to be both the face of the show and to be called the best challenger going. But he's the best cast member going. That's the way I should say. The best cast member, the best challenger maybe insinuates purely the game itself. But even that, he's way up there. Um, He's the best thing the show has to offer. I don't think it's close. I think he's fucking great. His coach routine, absolute top notch. Like both good television, entertaining product, like creating entertainment out of nothing, but also like actually effective and works for his team. Ted Lasso meets Bill Belichick, meets Al Pacino in any given Sunday. Like it legit works his team morale was so much better and we all know and we saw earlier this season with laurel and talked about it a lot headspace matters in the challenge house that really really matters what type of headspace you're in what your confidence level is what the team morale is partner morale individual morale whatever maybe a different format times but he gets his team's heads back in it and i think that leads to their win i think you can directly say like he got them that win they all performed incredibly well when it counted, and I don't think they would have without his little coach routine. And also, secretly, with that little coach routine, it wins him political favor with his team. It's now okay for him to be the leader in the decision-making 
because he's been a leader out on the field. He got them ready to go. He curried all this favor with all of them. Some of them were his friends. Some of them were maybe a little against him if they were still on individual teams or acting as individuals. But now he's won his team over. So after they get the win, they go into the deliberation room. Who starts that conversation and who is everyone like, yeah, you should start it. We want to look to you. It's Devin. So master, he's, he's, he's really coming to his own in this game itself. And he's been in the top class of television character challenge personality for multiple seasons in a row. Now the confessionals, the performance, the strategy, the deceptiveness, giving the show his all like caring about it being a show. He's a true professional. He crushes every episode. Yes. He learned at the feet of Wes Bergman. And guess what? That was the number one person he could have picked to learn from. It's very good for actually how he might do in the game, but it's even better for us, the fans. I think Wes is the number one person I would want anyone in the world of the challenge to learn from as far as like, hey, you should be good at the game and you should also be great, fucking great at the TV show part of it. And so Devin has become very good at the game maybe he'll get to great status by the end of the season we shall see but he's become great and has been great at the show status for multiple seasons in a row now we're on to the awards and i know i just went through all of those storylines for i don't even know how many minutes at this point 30 40 minutes and didn't even talk about nelson and that's a shame um so we're going to talk about nelson throughout these awards and the end of this podcast here because Nelly T deserves it, starting with best quote, which there's only one nominee this week, and it's because it's Nelson at the end. And Nelson, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of the hearts of all challenge fans out there, thank you for holding the game in this show in the esteem that you hold it, because that's what it means to us, all the fans. And it's so refreshing and wonderful and appreciated when we can see visibly season after season that it means what it should mean, what it feels like for us fans. It should mean to the competitors on it, the privilege that it is when it means that much to the player themselves. It, you know, it comes right through the screen and it hits the heartstrings and it's appreciated and is why one of the many reasons I think. I love Nelson, and I think Nelson is beloved by the majority of Challenge fans. He says, quote, but I'm going to keep my head up. I'm going to train harder, not just physically, but mentally. The Challenge, it's one hell of a game, and I'm very blessed to step on this field because there's no other place I'd rather be in the world, end quote. And that, along with earlier when he says, you know, he's not afraid of the sand, to all the more funny, comical, entertaining confessionals he gives, he's got to give the quote of the week to him. He's definitely, I mean, it's going to be hard for anyone to catch up and surpass him the last, I don't know, however many episodes we have left to get that Dan Renzi award for this season. Nelson maybe has that in the bag already, even now being eliminated. But to see someone care this much about it, to hold it in that high of a regard the same way us fans do. Like it is just why Nelson is so amazing. I love Nelly T. I want him back every season. I want him to win so badly. And yes, this was the now third out of fourth seasons. The last starting with total madness when, you know, the Corey Nelson moment uh, definitely led to some waterworks for your guy here. Definitely teared me up. Uh, double agents. I forget when he lost, but don't think that was the one I didn't get teary eyed for, but then spies, lies and allies. Yep. 
got a, got a little emotional when uh when Nelly T gets eliminated in the middle of the final. In this episode, I didn't expect it at all, didn't see it coming, but the moment he lost and then his confessional afterwards, plus the music, the Goo Goo Dolls, you know, saddish music in the background, everything about it. I, I got a little steamy, a little teary-eyed, and, uh, you know, I just, I want I want the best for Nelson. And I want the best for Nelson's mom, too, his whole family, all of his loved ones, because now we're on the best moment, and nominee number one is the Nelson calling Corey, but the really the, the moment within that of Nelson and his mom, the montage of photos, the kind of backstory of he rehashes, you know, you, he even says, like, you've all heard me say this before, but, like, this is this is me. This is what matters to me. I just love all of that. I love Nelly T. I love love his backstory. I love hearing about that relationship, that beautiful relationship he has with his mom. And I did love it also seeing Corey. So that moment's nominee number one. Nominee number two, all of Devin's motivational speeches rolled into one. He gives a couple of them, the one real great one right before the challenge. But then the fact that he pulls off the, like, TJ's even calling us the underdogs team, which, you know, shout out to uh, Bloodlines, one of my least favorite seasons, um, with one of the more impressive winners uh, ever in the end, weirdly. Um, but, you know, Team Underdog was the actual, they were actually called the underdogs there. I'm thinking of Invasion of the Champions. I like, I apologize. That was bad historian work for me. But it's getting late in the pot. It's getting late at night. You'll, you'll, you'll let it slide. Devin's Motivational Coach Moments, nominee number two. Jordan's Speech, nominee number three. Nelson's exit speech nominee number four and as great as Devin's Al Pacino performance was whatever which of the two moments whatever moment from Nelly T you want to pick Nelson wins the quote he wins the best moment does he win episode MVP <sighs> no we're well, let's start at the top let's start at the top fifth place Ty Olivia and Amber both in supporting roles this episode give great performances and I enjoyed both of them I as I enjoy both of them uh, unanimously 100% of the time they're on the screen or in the show so far for both of them I think so yeah uh they they come in fifth Mariah in fourth Jordan in third off the back of those wild statements at the end and you know the continued wild outfits and uh just just being Jordan in second place though I gave him the previous two awards. Okay. So, okay. I already possibly just gave him a season long award, even though the season's nowhere near over. Nelson's in second. Fessel's in first. It's Fessel's night. He wins that elimination. And we should quickly say on that elimination, um, yes, it plays to his strengths. We kind of mentioned that before, but it is one of those ones I find really interesting and I find really fun um, that it's, it is pure strength, but it's super strategic. It is, they both kind of get it to the start and Fessy stays a little more on strategy where Nelson, maybe as he gets tired, gets a little more off strategy. Don't just pull it straight through. You got to go with those angles, get those points hit in. You got to wiggle it a bunch, kind of slowly rip through that drywall, whatever. Uh, I love, I loved all, I love that elimination. I also love the daily challenge. I didn't really talk about it much, but I really, kind of liked the daily challenge to make this the targets a little smaller if they go perfect eight for eight then uh the targets were touch too big so that thank god though that no one fell on top of each other like this that was designed for someone to fall on top of each other and thank thank goodness it didn't happen we don't need to see that so Fessel's the episode mvp is what i'm trying to say 
As for our power rankings and predictions, on the men's side, basically nothing at all changes other than the fact that Nelson is removed from the board now that he and Norris are officially out of the game. I'm glad they brought her out and we got the little moment of, you know, TJ explaining that you're both out. I also, as I said last week, I thought, and we'll maybe now we'll get final confirmation. Norris looked very hurt. Looked like she had something with the hand, wrist, arm, something going on. And now we'll never know. But we maybe, if we find out she was hurt, I'm going to ultimately be glad that Nelson lost versus having that devastating moment of like he gets to the final and finds out your partner isn't actually still here the way other people's partners are because she was hurt and then he has to go home. That would have sucked. But I'm glad they brought them out and had that little moment. And we got to see Norris again because Norris is the fucking best. Bring Norris back, please, and thank you. Maybe my number one draft pick of the rookies this season. We'll we'll talk about that at the end of the season. As for the power rankings for the rest of the season, Fessel stays one on the men's side. Bananas stays two. Jordan stays three. Devin stays four. Horacio and Chauncey at the bottom because I think the rookie card's going to get played. I think these four... Devin is the only one of those four vets that's probably going to be like out for like, we got it. I got to get these other ones out there versus I think Jordan Fessel and bananas, you know, Jordan just took the shot. I don't know if he'll take another one. I think those three might be willing to like, let's run it against each other and actually go with that. And yeah, I don't know. So Horacio and Chauncey still at the bottom. Kenny, of course, waiting in redemption house, big Ken female side, slight change up. Casey stays number one. Nani moves up from four to two. Uh, she just seems so safe in this game. Like nothing, nothing bad is going to happen to her. Like she's, she had it set up from the beginning. Sure. But then she had to play that game and do well and, uh, navigate a little bit. And, uh, it looks like she's navigating right on into a final Tori is third, Amber fourth, Anissa fifth, Olivia sixth, Mariah seventh, Mariah drops down from fifth to seventh. I just think now you've still got the chance that she kind of side with Bananas over uh, over Fessel. And guess what? Bananas probably, as far as the game, considered it doesn't care. At least that's what his reputation in the game would tell us. We'll see. But I don't think you actually have him over some of the other people that he's going to back in the house. And now you've maybe lost Fessy, if, if you had Fessy before, to be fair, if you still had him doing any solids for you he did ask you to throw a challenge on his behalf even though he had no interest in doing it on your behalf but i digress i wouldn't want to go there um but yeah i just think i just there's a reason the the rookies are on the bottom on both the men's and the women's side i think that's how the next week to two weeks might go so that's where we're at as for predictions season-long predictions we still got six out of ten left bananas nani tori devin chauncey amber we still got tori and devin as our winner picks left we're going strong there we'll see it's looking a little shaky for both but uh, we shall see. As for last week's predictions, I actually didn't write them down. I made them up in the spot, forgot to write them down. Don't know what they were. So I probably went three for three. You could tell me if I'm wrong. Um, I think I actually did. Uh, I think I might've actually been over three now that I'm trying to remember what they were, but for next week's episode, I think that, uh, Fessy's team goes down again. I think they lose two in a row. I think Devin's and Jordan's side of things, that squad, Mariah's squad, it's still Mariah's squad, continues uh, the good vibes, the positive energy. And if I'm going to predict that they win the daily challenge, then I will also predict on the other team, we get somehow, some way, Tori versus Casey. And by somehow, some way, I think Tori gets thrown in. And I think Anissa draws the safe dagger. And I think Casey has to go in versus Tori. 
and we get an elimination match that is a long time coming. And by a long time, I mean like two or three seasons, but feels a decent length time coming is one I personally want to see. And I'm making this prediction in hopes that I can wish this into existence because I think that'd be really fun and give them like a solid physical but not headbanger type of elimination and let them duke it out. Third and final prediction then is... Fessel Fessel's going to act a fool, I think, next week. Guys aren't on the line. He just lost his number one dude. His ride-or-die woman kind of went against him a little bit. I think he's going to just, he's going to, all restraint is going to be gone, and he's going to be the villain that all of you love to hate. And by love to hate, I mean you hate, but I think secretly you love to hate. And that's what I've been saying all episode long. And that's what I've been saying all season in the last three to four seasons long now, really at this point. So that's everything for Ride or Dies episode 12. Thank you so much for being here. I know it was a little bit of a long one, but it is what it is. It was a, an episode worth talking about it. So we did just that. As always, you want to talk challenge with me, hit me up on Instagram at challenge historian, rate, review, subscribe, follow this podcast. That helps me out a bunch. Let me know what types of content you might want to see going into the new year. What types of, you know, pods you'd want to see if we start getting into the world of YouTube, short form content or videos. I know some of you out there would love if these these podcasts weren't anywhere near as long as they were. Let me know that. Hit me up at Challenge Historian on Instagram. Let's talk about this show, about the challenge, about anything in the universe of the Challenge Global Tournament coming up soon, anything like that. So with that, thanks for being here. Check back Friday, All-Stars 4 Fantasy Cast coming your way. Until then, peace.